0: You're listening to Sermons from Christ the Savior Orthodox Church. We're a small but growing mission of the Orthodox Church in America, currently meeting in Brewer, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for service, but until then, here's Father Scott with this week's sermon. Amen, wisdom, stand upright. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all our readings readers from the holy gospel according to the evangelist Saint Mark glory, glory to, to thee O Lord glory to, to thee. thee let us attend at that time Jesus charges his disciples saying whosoever will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. A certain lawyer came to Jesus, and asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, unto him, Thou shalt love, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ, whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then? doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, Till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, Neither dost any man from that day forth ask him any questions. Glory to Servant of God Martha. It's a fitting name for her. Yes, it is. Servant. In today's gospel, Jesus succinctly describes the great commandment. We are to love, he says. Very simple. First God, and then our neighbors. And love is this very foundation, therefore, he's saying, upon which every relationship is made. Love. Love towards God and then love to every man, your neighbor. This is the very foundation, in fact, of every single relationship and every action. If it's to be acceptable, needs to be done in love. If it's to be done in the Lord properly. We know what love does. First Corinthians 13 tells us what love does. Love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering, love is gentle. doesn't vaunt itself. All these things love does. When I think as individuals that live on this earth for any length of time, we know what it is to do loving deeds. I guess really what I wanted to talk about first, though, was what love is. For love is something, and what love does comes out of what it is. Love is God. First of all, God is love. He is the one who is love, from which all things come that are loving. God is the foundation of love. He created us in His image and likeness. And so, we can love. We are able to love. Like God loves, we are able to draw on His grace, and based on our closeness to Him, we can begin to love. So what is this love? What does it mean to love? What is love? It's vital to understand this, because if God's the source of all love, and His love is in us somehow, then what is love? We need to respond to God's love. We need to know, first of all, what love is. The hard thing to define, I'll say, when I sat down the <coughs> way to write and think about how to succinctly describe love, it's a really tough one to write down. If I asked you to give me a definition and come up here and preach on it, I think it would probably be stumping to most of us. And it was to me, too. I thought about it for a long time. We read it in the Fathers quite a bit. But I think we can sum it up at least one way in this way that love is a holy virtue, first of all. And it's an attribute of the Holy Trinity. Attribute means describing what God is somehow. God is love. And so love, which is exhibited perfectly only in the Holy Trinity, is a word used to describe the nature of a relationship between persons that's based on giving, sacrifice, and doing what is best for the other person. It is a connection of our emotions, of our will, of our thoughts and actions, but it can't be limited to any one of these things. But, it contains within itself some level of each one of these things based on what kind of relationship we're talking about. So, therefore, we have love towards parents, we have love towards a spouse, we have love towards children, to neighbors and even to strangers, as well as to God. And each one of these kinds of love manifests a different degree and amount of each one of these characteristics of emotion and thought, action and will. And so it is, we find that love is, in each of us, has some level of all these things, and it's all based on the idea that there's a willingness in our actions, in our thoughts, in our attractions, to improve and deepen the relationship between us and other parties, and to strengthen the other party, improving them and blessing them, which in turn serves to bless us and strengthen us. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 that the greatest of the virtues is charity, love.
1: Today we celebrate
0: the three daughters of wisdom, right? Love, hope, and faith, right? And so the greatest of those, though, is love. And when we're walking in love, we are, with our entire being, exercising all the powers of our soul. The Fathers teach us three powers. as the incentive power, which is our emotions, there's our intellect, and there's our will. And when we're loving properly, all the powers of our being, of our soul, as well as of our body, are done in the energy of the Holy Spirit of God and in the Holy Trinity itself. And so we become like God. This is something about what love is. And so it is that we become some sort of concept of what love is to our gospel today. There was a man who came to Jesus a lawyer, an educated man, an intelligent man, and he came and asked the Lord a question. He didn't really have good motives when he asked that question, because it says in scripture that he was tempting him, trying to find some way to catch him up on one commandment or the other, to have him denigrate Moses, or to speak ill of the commandments. But the Lord, even though he knew this man's heart, and knew his thoughts, and knew everything about him, he acted with love towards this man, and he gave him a real, true answer. He said to him, you should love the Lord your God. And he said you should love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus gave him an answer to what is the greatest commandment in the law. It's to love. And yet you don't ever see that commandment in the law directly written in the law of Moses in a clear manner stated like this. So the Lord was going in a way above the commandments. But he gave this man a true answer about what the greatest commandment is. He said, love God completely. With all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, to love God. This is the greatest commandment. And he says, this is the great commandment. This is the one which we need to perform. How well do we perform it? You understand that to love is greater than all these other things. <clears throat> All the other commandments are based on it. Then it becomes really important to start to look at everything that we do in light of love. Is there love in what we do? Is there love in what we think? Is there love in our will? Is there love in our actions or our emotions? Are they all in love with the idea that there's going to be a benefit to the other party? Or are they something else? Jesus said, this is the great commandment. If he's saying it's the great commandment, he means it's the biggest one. It's the one that you need to do. And he said... The second commandment is like unto it. <clears throat> but he says this first great commandment of the law is a priority of love for God. Now to love Him, to love God, we need to know God. And then we need to obey Him. And we need to worship Him. We need to worship Him, it says in spirit and in truth, in the, in the holy epistles. And now Jesus Himself said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So He's speaking about obedience. And then we must believe in God. That he exists, as it says in the book of Hebrews, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All these things are how we learn how to love God. God opens up himself to us, and then we begin to respond to him. And this priority of loving God remains at the top of everything. So when he says the second is like unto it. He's assuming that the first has to be in place to enable properly the second to occur. Now why does he say it's like unto the first one, because it also is based on love. And so he takes the idea that he's presented to us that the greatest commandment, and the fullness of the commandments that is expressed in loving God, and he extends it to loving our neighbor. He says we need to love our neighbor, and of course he's answered who our neighbor is, it's whoever we come across. There's a hierarchy, I guess, in human life of love. And maybe you could say at the foundation starts with love with ourselves, right? We love our neighbors ourselves. Well, you can come in honey. Come on. You gonna come in? Okay. Or do you want to stay out there? Wilson, the what you <laughs> <laughs> really go? I don't want to be too much of a distraction. But we'll make him <laughs> preach. <laughs> out of the mouth of this hierarchy of love, I guess you could say it's loving ourselves first. We we'll start with the easy ones. There's loving self, then maybe there's loving parents, right? And then brothers and sisters, and then other members of your extended family. Then it gets wired, then it goes to your neighbor, the ones you'll come across in your daily life. But the fathers speak of a love that's so great that even it loves the whole world. When your love expands, there's no limit to how far you can begin to love. Love's a great thing. And that second commandment, to love your neighbor, can be expanded almost infinitely if the power of God's love is inside of us, <laughs> and so the Lord's teaches that love make it harder when it goes up a cycle, but it's possible to love every neighbor, even the neighbor that's a stranger when we come upon him, or even the ones that are beyond our physical eyesight and our daily walk. On these two commands to love God and our neighbor, hang the Lord says everything hangs on the law and the prophets. Everything that God's written, everything that God showed us, hangs on love. Every action, every commandment, every word that God wants out of you and wants out of me is to both to be in love. And if it's not, we fall short. It's a great, great command. It really is a great command, not only in its priority, but in also the, the width and the breadth of it and the length and the depth of it, and how great it is to love. And so the Lord's called us to love. The Apostle John wrote, in his little epistle, First John, this, and I thought of this when I was thinking about love and the fullness and the totality of love and how love of God, when passed into our souls and our being, can be so changing. This verse sums it up. This is what he wrote down. He said, We've known, he said, we've known and believed the love that God hath to us. We've understood that God came. He came as a man, fully God still, and died on the cross and suffered for us, and then rose again and opened the way to heaven. So we don't have to worry about, like it says in the baptismal service, about dying again. Jesus isn't going to die again, as I said in the, what, what Chris read, and you're not going to either. And so we, we, know, we know something about God now. We've, we've had God show us how much He loves us. And so the apostles, we've known believe the love that God hath to us. God is the love. He says that again. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. That's powerful. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Somehow you become inside of God when you dwell in love. This is a great journey. And so he says this. In closing this verse he says, He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And this is so powerful, because as he is in the world, as God is, everything that he's ever showed you, everything that he's ever showed to man, as God is, so are we in this world, if we're dwelling in God, and God in us, in love. That is so powerful to think of the reality and the spiritual life and the depth and the power of God. The access that we have to it is so great in this great virtue of love. And so it is that as we draw closer, as the Apostle alludes to, as we draw closer and closer to God, we become more and more like Him. We start out with very imperfect love. It's flawed it becomes more and more perfect as we know more and more about God and we find out more and more about God and as God shows himself to us He becomes more in us and we in him. And we understand? We begin to really understand what what love really is. Now I think we need to be aware of something that everything we do we need to start to aware, make ourselves aware of what it's done in. Any other feeling that we have other than love, any other thought that we have other than love, any other will that we have at love, at any time, or at any place, anything, is not like God. And so love becomes kind of like a standard. We can weigh every single thought, every single action, every single aspect of our will and our desire. Love is like the way we can test it. If it's not of love, then it can't be of God. Because God is love. And so if we find that our actions and our thoughts, and our movements of our soul, something that's not love, You need to rule it out. Or we need to tame it. This applies to everything in our life. Everything we do. Everything we think. Everything we act out. Everything we feel even. Is it God? Is it love? Or is it something else? I'd say that God wants us to use our conscience to test everything according to the love standard. If it doesn't stand the test of openness in your own conscience, in your own heart, in your own soul of love... And it's not probably of love. And it's probably not of God. That's the test. Ultimately, that would be true because God is love. And love is being like God. Thinking, feeling, acting just like God. I think when we love, we're most like God. Somehow. He works in us, through us, in us, by us, when we're filled with love. And so to be filled with love is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Trinity. May God increase us and perfect our love. And remember, as the Lord says in what we sing often at Communions, by this shall all men know you're my disciples. If you have love one to another, this is the test. He doesn't think that we're going to be held up as holy or great because of how great our ascetic levels of attainment might be or how much self-denial necessarily we can do even though we do need to deny ourselves to follow Him and to learn from Him and to love Him. But really, He wants us to understand that it's by the degree of love you have that all men will know you're His disciple. in reality, if you have love. May God bless us. May God increase our love and help us all in this matter. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can listen to more sermons and learn more about us by visiting our website at orthodoxmaine.org. Thank you for listening, and until next time, God be with you.